If you are caring for a person with autism, great information from a trusted source can be a lifeline. We hope today's conversation will help you create success for the extraordinary individual with autism in your life. Now, here is your host, Rob Haupt. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Autism Talk. I'm your host, Rob Haupt. Uh, I am a BCBA here at Autism Spectrum Therapies, an agency that provides uh, services to individuals with autism. Um, I'm, I'm an ABA guy, Applied Behavior Analysis, and that's, that's really kind of how I, I see the world and, and view autism and, and probably really more than autism, just view human behavior, um, specifically, though, as it applies to therapies and treatments. Um, I'm really excited about today's show, and I don't want to take too much time uh, talking it up, but you know, the thing about today, we're, we're going to talk to a really great guest who, you know, is on the other side of the country from, from me um, here in California. And I've been, you know, I've practiced a little bit and worked in, in New England and New York. Um, and today we're going to talk to someone from the southeast part of the country. And I'm really excited to, to be able to talk about some of the, the differences in services and funding and, and, and philosophies and viewpoints, um, which... I think is really important for all of us because I think sometimes we have this assumption that, you know, the way things are viewed in our backyards and in our communities is just the norm. It's, it's how it should be everywhere. And I think we take for granted that different places have different visions, different viewpoints. And in some cases, uh, those are quite negative and quite dramatically different from what we do. So I, I think it's one of these opportunities to really – learn and, and hear some different perspectives, um, some good, some bad, as we kind of look at this and, and look at services and funding, um, because as much as we always want to be in the, the purest form of best possible treatment, best possible care, get it to every single person, you know, we, we face these different realities, whether they be through state budgets, insurance benefits, school district policies, uh, mandates, laws, and, and it just makes more things that much more complicated. So today I'm joined by Anna Bullard, uh, who is the Director of Community Outreach and Advocacy for the Early Autism Project, or EAP. Uh, she's on the board for the Autism Society of Georgia, as well as the Autism Advisory Council Center for Leadership in Disabilities uh, for Georgia State University. She has been working as a parent advocate for Ava's Law since 2009 and is an advocate for services and other needed resources for families with autism throughout the Southeast, including Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Tennessee. She's made it her personal mission to see that these families have equal access to services no matter where they live. Anne is married and has three girls. Her 10-year-old daughter, Ava, was diagnosed with autism in 2007 and has been the inspiration for her passion to see every child with autism have the resources and services they need to meet their full potential. Recently, Anna received the National Speak Out Award from Autism Speaks for her advocacy and influence for autism awareness to the public and in the media. Anna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I... I want to talk a lot about Ava's Law and, and the different things you're doing um, because I, I find it's so interesting, especially the fact that you're helping families in all these different states. Um, 
but before we get there, I'm, I'm just kind of curious. You know, you, I, I find it really fascinating to hear, like, how parents start off with receiving a diagnosis for a child and then, you know, moving into these different roles, particularly this, this public policy advocacy side, because, you know, just I think we all know it's, it's so challenging to, to make a difference and to push things through on such a grand scale. So I'm just kind of curious. How did you go from, you know, having a child with a diagnosis to becoming this advocate pushing for all these different reforms? You know, um, it's it's really um, amazing for for even to look back and and for myself to say, how did I get here? (laughs) You know, um, because... um, you know, your child uh, is, is diagnosed with autism, and, and that is is such a, a a big blow. And then even, you know, I would say even more of a challenge when you find out that, um, you know, your child doesn't have uh, insurance coverage uh, for the necessary treatments or your child's school doesn't have a program or, um, you know, the Medicaid in your state doesn't cover autism. All these pieces start adding um, you know, adding together. And, and for me, um, honestly, when Ava was diagnosed, I had no idea um, uh, that my life would end up here. But when I found out that there was treatment available um, that had such a high success rate, but the state I lived in didn't require insurance to cover it, um, that, that, that did it for me. Um, and then I started meeting family after family that was that they were walking in the same shoes that I was in, um, and you know so I just decided that that I was going to find who had the key, um, and and who has the key is is uh, our elected officials, mm-hmm. um, and you know that that poses its own challenges you know because if you have a child with autism um, you can't just uh, drive up to your state capitol every day, um, and yeah. so <laughs> you know there. But but here I am. <laughs> so you know, I, I, maybe the next thing is is to to explain to everybody you know exactly what Ava's law is. Um, it's something that um, you've been working on since two thousand and nine. You know what exactly is it? So I'll start with the simplicity of Ava's law, um, and that is it requires insurance uh, companies uh, that are uh, state-regulated to cover autism, including treatment for autism, and that coverage is for medically necessary treatment. And and that's the simplicity of Ava's law. and that's also the simplicity of, of the 38 states that have uh, courageously stepped forward um, and passed a bill that are very similar to, to what we're trying to do. Um, that's what it will do for families. You know, what I'm kind of curious about is you do work with these different states. Um, you know, we read a few of them in your bio. Um, before we get into the legal side of things, like how different is it? You know, you're a parent. You know, how different is it for a family who lives in Georgia trying to 
get supports and services versus someone in South Carolina or someone in Florida, um, these other states that you work in? There's a significant difference. Um, in South Carolina, they were uh, one of the first states to, to pass um, their autism insurance requirement, um, and they also uh, had a Medicaid waiver for uh, children with autism, and that is accredited to uh, a, a hero of mine um, who, whose name is Laura Unum. Um, and she really is a pioneer in this whole movement. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, South Carolina, if you live there and your child is diagnosed, it's not a perfect world, but there's coverage and there's clinics and there's mm -hmm. providers and there's a network so that there's access to the treatment your doctor is prescribing that gives your child the opportunity to learn to speak and be independent and have quality of life. Whereas in Georgia, if your child is diagnosed with autism, it is, I, I, I hate to use the word hopeless, but so many wow. parents feel that um, because there's not a network of providers because there's not a funding source. Mm -hmm. So it's very limited, but yet your doctor is prescribing behavioral health treatment, um, you know, most widely known as applied behavior analysis, um, ABA, they're prescribing that to you saying this is what, what we have scientifically seen that works for kids with autism. Um, and what I was told was it's the Cadillac version and you're never going to be able to afford it. That's what a pediatrician told wow. me. Yeah. You know, what, what's so crazy to me is, you know, I, Again, I'm in, I'm in California, so I don't always have the same sense of the Southeast, but I actually have a really good friend. He's a pediatrician. I grew up with him. Um, he's a pediatrician in Charleston, South Carolina. He actually was a medical director for an insurance company um, in the state, and he was actually really um, telling me quite a bit about what's going on in, in South Carolina. He was telling me about you know, the, the different types of providers that are looking for, how there's not enough providers to go around. But they're also, from his perspective, was almost like a lack of um, foundation, like true knowledge base when it came to ABA. And then I look at a state like Georgia where you have the Marcus Institute. And this is, you know, to people in the ABA world like myself, you know, this is a really well-respected uh, organization and program. They have you know, my, my colleague here at AST, Dr. Andrea Ridgway, was trained at the Marcus Institute. And she's, I mean, I think she's one of the best BCBAs I've ever met. Wow. So it, it, it's so interesting to me that you have this state that is, some people feel like doesn't have the knowledge base, yet you've got this amazing program in Georgia. Um, you know, is, from your perspective, is, you know, I would have assumed clinical know-how would have factored into this. But so from your perspective is, am, am I, am I just off? Is this something different than just clinical um, intuition or knowledge? You know, it, it's, I think it's very important that you bring that up because, um, you know, we really do, it, I mean, in a sense, we lead the nation in so much science around autism 
um, with Dr. Omni Clint and, and all mm-hmm. his work um, uh, in, in, in just multiple areas at the Marcus Autism Center. Uh, and, and our state um, pours millions of taxpayer dollars rightfully so, into the Marcus Center for research development and programs for, for children. Um, mm-hmm. So the irony around that, uh, you know, uh, being, you know, who we are um, and a representation around the nation, but yet we are going to be one of the last states in the nation to wow. require insurance to cover what we lead the nation in doing. Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's so counterintuitive to what I would expect, and I and I feel like that's really true for a lot of the mandates that I've worked with. I, I you know I haven't done work in South Carolina or in Georgia, as I said, but I've done work in Louisiana, um, Washington, mm-hmm. Arizona, New York, Massachusetts, and you know it's it, it does seem sometimes that. Some of these states without the foundation, um, like a clinical foundation or maybe a research foundation, um, have mandates, whereas others don't. Is there – Yeah, this may be too uh, simplistic of a question based on the complexity of the issue, but is there something specific or, or things you see that are really standing in the way that um, – really make the difference between the state having a mandate versus not having a mandate? Yes. Um, the, uh, the, I guess, you know, for us in Georgia, um, we have always had the support of the Senate, um, mm. you know, and we've always had the support of the lieutenant governor um, mm-hmm. who, you know, and the governor, and, and they're strong supporters. You know, our, our, our governor is a strong supporter of the Marcus Autism Center. Um, it, for in, but in the House, um, there are a lot of members uh, of, our, of our House that uh, work um, for or with insurance companies. Mm. And so we have not been able to, um, to, we've not been able to break through in that area, and it is simply based on that main issue. Um, you know, we are assigned to, in, in most states, you're assigned to the insurance committee. Um, in our state, the chairman of that committee is really our, our obstacle. And it, it, is, it, is, it is hard for people to believe that in a democracy, one man is, is, has the ability to block thousands of children and, or, and families accessing coverage. But that is the case. And, you know, um, I'm sure there, you know, uh, uh, there's leadership that could step in. Um, but ultimately, it is this one man's job to hear these bills and uh, let the committee vote, um, you know, for or against. Um, And and it it does not happen. We have never had a vote in the House Insurance Committee, never, um, in seven years. There's never been a vote. There's never been a vote. I mean, that is the, 
that is the if, if there you know because the issue um, now uh, maybe seven years ago in in 2009 when we dropped our first bill I would agree with you that the foundation of knowledge of ABA and and uh, and autism in general was yeah. really substandard here okay okay um, but I would say now. Uh, you would be hard-pressed to find a legislator who probably hasn't toured the Marcus Autism Center, um, who uh, doesn't have a family member um, uh, or a friend that has a child on the spectrum. So the knowledge is there uh, and the understanding of, of the treatment um, and the medical efficacy of the treatment is there. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and so... We have cost analysis because you you know the states that you you know that you named. I mean you 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 probably seen the data. Um, you know that even a state like Massachusetts that has such a broad um, uh, autism bill. You know they don't have mm -hmm. caps on on their bill. It's still coming in less than fifty cents per member per month, mm -hmm. um, which is which is what we knew it would be. Um, you know, so in Georgia, uh, people like the NSIB, the National Federation of Independent Businesses, um, they have a lobbyist up here that testifies against our bill every time we have a hearing. Um, and he says he represents all these business owners across the state of Georgia that don't want states to mandate any more coverage. Um, and the, the irony of that is that those same taxpayers are paying three, four, five times as much for special education services. So yeah, it's just you know it's a very backwards. Um, it, it's you know it's not really um, painting the true picture, and it's not allowing insurance to do what it's supposed to do. It's, it's, it's giving them an out. It's, it's allowing them to, um, you know, not cover the most prevalent childhood disorder mm -hmm. that we're currently facing. You know, it's funny. You, you, you make me think of like three or four different things, but you know, the first thing, as you first started to describe this, this committee, and, and I think it's shocking that in seven years, there's not been a single vote on an issue that is clearly, I, I know so many people who contact me. You know, I'm from I'm from New York. I lived in Massachusetts. I'm on the West Coast now. I have family all across the country, and I get forwarded Times articles, Newsweek articles, um, clippings from the local newspaper, uh, local news, you know, postings about autism. It seems to be like this national topic. And so to hear that there's not even a vote, I mean, it makes me think of, I just watched uh, last night, I was watching House of Cards. It, it like seemed right. like a House of Cards type of thing where someone's like, this cannot go to the floor. I mean, I'm, I don't want to be so cynical, but it like, it almost sounds that way. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to, to not be cynical. Honestly, yeah. um, because you know, I am uh, my my daughter is um, it received ABA, um, and and she is definitely in that 
part of the research category where um, she entered first grade unassisted. Um, she wow. is 10 now. She is, and, and she was diagnosed with classic autism at two and a half years old. No communication. I mean, she had no skills. Um, the actual psychological that was done on her um, when she was two and a half uh, says it, it right that she could have mental retardation based on the fact that she has uh, no ability uh, wow. to be tested. And and it and she is a child who has just made remarkable progress. I mean. And, and I actually said uh, to to a legislator, I said, you know, I think the issue um, with anyone who is not just raising their hand saying this has to be fixed is that you look at our kids um, and you don't see the struggle because on the outside they look like normal kids. You yeah. know, they're just sitting there and they, they look like normal kids. And you don't you don't know what my child had to do to get where she is today. Um, you know you don't know the pain. You don't know all the the hard work that that our kids do to get where where they um, where they are and where they should be. And um, you know I fight every day for all the the potential out there. You know. Um, you know, I'm wondering, I, I, the point you just made is really makes me wonder. And I know you were talking before about the insurance piece and not having it increases the special education uh, funding and therefore increases taxes. But I wonder, do, is it part of the, the issue? It's like you, you look at a kid in a classroom and you, you maybe get a sense of, of something. You know, you see, a kid, like you said, a kid is sitting there in school attending but I feel like so much of the story for a family and for a child with autism is to see home, is to see yeah. like truly day-to-day life. And I don't feel like people – like when you think about people observing, like, oh, let me go and observe and see what this autism thing is like, the instinct is to go right. to school. But I feel like home is what tells the story. You know, is, do you think that's part of the problem of people's true perceptions? Oh, I absolutely think so. I mean – you know, if every legislator could go home with the family um, or, or take that kid home with them for a day, yeah, yeah. Uh, then, then their perspective would, would be totally different. Um, to not want to pass an autism mandate um, in Georgia for the reason that it might cause a small business to have to cancel their insurance because they can't afford it for their employees. I, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I hate to be rude, but it's, it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's funny. You mentioned how it's under 50 cents per um, subscriber. And it's, you know, I, I, California is a state with an uncapped mandate as well. And I've heard right. from, uh, you know, I've heard from a number of different parties that the, the mandate itself has cost less than people expected. That, you know, they, they looked back, the projections that they did here in California in, I guess, 2010, 2011, 
um, versus what they're actually paying now three, four years later, um, it's, it's cost less. And it's also under 50% is my understanding, um, as, as you said, for Massachusetts. So it's, it's interesting that it, it does make me wonder, too, is how much more expensive would this plan actually get versus, like I know from my experiences, things like um, the Affordable Care Act have, have increased premiums more than uh, California insurance mandates. Right. Right, and 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 we we know that we see that you know insurance companies um, and even even uh, elected officials give these uh, you know millions of dollar uh, projections of the cost mm-hmm. of an autism benefit, and then when actuaries are done, um, they come in at two hundred percent less. Wow! I mean, autism speaks. Um, you know, they keep a lot of this data on their website, and, and it's, oh, yeah, of it's not their data. You know, it, it's actuaries done through the Department of Insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's why I say it's, it's ridiculous to not pass the mandate um, because you think it's going to cause a business to drop their health insurance. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say that there aren't issues with health care, but I don't think a child with autism should be excluded from coverage based on their diagnosis. Yeah. Well, I hate to to cut you off and interrupt us um, because I I still have, like, so many questions for you. But I I do want us to take a quick commercial break, play a couple commercials, and then we're going to come right back with Anna and talk more about Ava's Law and – insurance coverage in the state of Georgia. Be right back. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. At AST, we recognize that every child is unique. We are proud to offer what we believe is the most cohesive approach to supporting your child's needs and goals at each stage. One company, one team with one mission to support individuals and their families to dream and achieve their full potential. Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-727-8274. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Welcome back to All Autism Talk, everybody. Uh, I'm your host, Rob Haupt, and uh, today we're joined by uh, Anna Ballard, um, active parent in the the Georgia community. I, I wanted to say, like, one thing about you, but I realized there's, like, four really cool things you do right now. So I was like, how do I, how do I figure it out? But um, we're, we, we've been talking about Ava's Law, and you, and you were talking about the, um, the process of going through the, the, the committee. And I know you were talking about the, um, I guess, the local businesses or the, I guess, the lobbyists for that local business group. Um, and I was curious about, the other side of things, um, because, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, it doesn't the Home Depot have a self-insured benefit that covers ABA services, um, and, and does that impact or, or help your cause at all? Oh, absolutely, and we, we use them as an example. 
Um, there are many more in Georgia. Turner South, um, Georgia Power, which is Southern Nuclear, um, mm-hmm. company which, you know, they span multiple states. Um, they have the benefit. Um, SunTrust, um, Rock 10 is a, a business in Atlanta. Um, you know, there's uh, we, we've been able to track about 50% of the self-insured companies in the state of Georgia um, you know, it's it's hard to track that because it's obviously yeah. not public. Um, but we've been able to find that about 50%, and I'm sure it's more. Those are just the ones we can identify. And mm-hmm. and that is um, – that's really important. And I'll tell you, on from the self-insured side, um, those companies that have added the benefit have done so because they've had an employee or someone come to them and say, we have a child, and we just – found out that our plan doesn't cover autism. And mm-hmm. those self-insured companies um, can add that benefit themselves. Um, mm-hmm. the, the group we're talking about that APHIS law will affect state-regulated plans, they have no way of adding the benefit. They cannot access coverage for their child. Yeah, it's, it's so surprising. You would... And I guess maybe it's because they're so big, but you know, I would think if the Home Depot can put the benefit together, um, if they can show that this is working for them, it, it would. I would have assumed it would have laid a good foundation for, you know, for this uh, committee and for the chairman to be able to say, hey, you know, this this is working. This is a good thing. We should we should do this, and it's not bankrupting um, these different companies. You know, they're not all huge companies like the Home Depot, I know there's a lot of different sizes in these self-insured plans. I mean, that's such a great point because, you know, if, if companies like – and Rock 10 is a, is a great example. They're a mm-hmm. – uh, uh, um, they make plastic bins here in, in the Atlanta area. Um, okay. So they're a smaller self-insured company. Um, I don't know them personally or have a personal connection, but – if the benefit was costing them millions, they would have dropped the benefit. Right. Um, you know, I mean, that's – and Boeing is a, a, an example. I know you mentioned Washington State. Um, Boeing yeah. just added the autism benefit. They – companies would not be doing that if they, you know, if, if they called up Chase Morgan and said, hey, is that autism benefit costing you millions, uh, you know, they wouldn't be adding the benefit if these other companies said, oh, yeah, don't do that. I mean, yeah, you're exactly right. It's, it's common sense. And 38 states have passed an insurance mandate. A state like Texas, who, which has the title of the most business-friendly state, um, they would be repealing their autism laws mm-hmm. if, you know, what, what our insurance chairman is saying is true. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So I guess... You know, I think... No, go ahead. It's a shame that there's so much fear. It's a shame that, that you know, that's what that's my it, one of my issues that um, it is really unjust, but there's nothing I yeah. can do about it. Um, to create... That, that insurance companies uh, come and lobby up at the Capitol and create fear around the autism issue... Um, it's really, it's really unjust. Do you think it's going to? I mean, I, and maybe this is a different dynamic, and and I don't, I I really don't feel like I 
fully know Georgia and the politics well enough, which is why one of the reasons why I was really excited to talk to you. Um, but like here in California, settlement agreements were a big part. You know, these these class action lawsuits with settlement agreements. I know there's a number of other states that had to go down that path. I mean, is that something that ultimately do you think that's going to be required to really change things in Georgia? You know, honestly, I, I mean, I've, I've had so many parents approach me about about that very issue. Um, and I know Autism Speaks, uh, you know, on their advocacy side, um, have had a lot of parents reach out to them about that in Georgia. And, you know, I, I don't want it to go there because yeah. I live in Georgia, and I, and I hate to sound sassy, but mm-hmm. um, I, I love this state. And I, my daughter has autism and lives here, and I want them to choose to do the right thing because they care about our kids, not because they're yeah. backed in a corner. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I, I, I get that. Well, what about but, you know, but I mean, it may come down to that, but but I hope not. Yeah. Well, I guess what about you know. One of the big topics I know we're here in California, it's something we are talking about uh, very, very aggressively, um, is you know, changes to Medicaid, um, different rulings that came down from the federal government, changes that have been happening here at a local state level. Or, or is Medicaid going to be – are some of these federal changes going to change things from a Medicaid point of view in Georgia, or could they potentially – drive or these, some of these changes um, as it relates to Ava's law? So I, I, I definitely um, think that it was crucial uh, for the, the federal government uh, to um, bring some clarification to uh, states covering treatment for autism. Um, and, and not under a waiver where you have thousands of kids on lists. Um, you know, and not for two years, and then sorry about your luck, you get nothing, but, you know, medically necessary treatment. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that clarification, uh, you know, in Georgia, we, you know, we, um, I, I've met so many times uh, with our Medicaid director, and I feel like there has been an acknowledgement um, the interesting thing is just like with, with autism mandate, um, I'm, I'm in all these different states, and you take a state like Florida. Um, I, I went to their Medicaid, one of their Medicaid meetings recently in January, mm-hmm. and they have a plan rolled out because their children were on waivers, and now they're mm-hmm. moving them um, to, I'm, you know, hate to use an acronym, but under EPSDT, traditional Medicaid, mm-hmm. um, so they're they're taking this new clarification from the federal government and and acknowledging that these you know all wow. these kids need to be provided with medically necessary treatment. Um, Florida is is really has a great plan um, in place. I'm sure easier said than done, but they have a process that they're working on. Uh, same goes for Kentucky and South Carolina. In Georgia. Um, uh, we there has been an acknowledgement that that uh, treatment needs to be provided, um, mm-hmm. 
and we, you know, we have just been uh, uh, had a change in our Medicaid director. So I'm mm. hoping that it'll be more of an acknowledgement and an actual uh, plan begin to be to, to be put into place. Currently, there is no coverage for treatment under Medicaid, not even a waiver for autism in Georgia. So uh, individuals who qualify for Medicaid, um, they, they've not been accessing any services except services through the school system. Wow. I, I mean, it's, I guess, you know, obviously we've talked about some, for lack of a better term, some of what we've talked about is a little depressing, just considering the, the sense out there from some of these individuals, from some of these groups. Um, but I know there's also a lot of opportunity. And, you know, just yeah. listening to some of the things you're doing, the work um, and the awareness that Autism Speaks and their public policy wing um, that they're bringing to this, the, the work of groups like the Marcus um, Institute. I guess I'm curious, like, what, what do you see as, like, the next steps? And, and probably more specifically, like, what can, you know, we, we have listeners who are tuning in from across the country. Um, I'm sure we've got listeners who are tuning in from Georgia. Like, what specifically can, can parents out there do to maybe uh, to assist in this fight and really push this in uh, the direction we're talking about to get resources to the kids in need? You know, I think that it's so important that our elected officials know how autism affects their constituent lives day to day. So the families that live in, in uh, all throughout our nation, they, they need to call their state senator um, and, and their house member and tell their story. You know, um, they need to tell the story that, that, uh, of the challenges that they, they face and their child faces, um, you know, because we ultimately, you know, regardless of what goes on at underneath our, uh, our gold dome here in Atlanta, um, I think that we, we as the people, um, nothing is going to change unless we take back what belongs to us, and, and that is... Um, that we elect those people, you know, um, we put them there, not not to uh, do what they want to do, not not to just uh, make policy, but to make policy that we want, you know, not you know, they're not even there to make policy that they want. I mean, ultimately, I think that is the big loss that that I see working in advocacy and working um, mm -hmm. in policy for individuals with disabilities and specifically autism is that um, our elected officials, they need to know how those policies will affect us and what policies need to be changed for us. Um, and they will not know that unless you call them and go see them and tell them your story. And that is what will change not just your life, but it could change thousands of lives, you know. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, we were, I was joking before about Game of Thrones, or House of Cards. Look at all these different shows. Uh, House, <laughs> House of Cards. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I was joking before about it, but, you know, I do, 
you know, I do kind of feel like things like shows like that and different media we see makes us forget how powerful a phone call to our local official really is. I I don't think I don't, I took that for granted personally when I, you know, when we, when California was going through its mandate, I remember a number of my colleagues and a number of parents telling me the most critical thing now is we've got to call governor Brown and we've got to flood his every line he's got, every inbox he's got, we have to flood it because apparently Governor Brown, the, the rumor was, was not necessarily um, fully in favor of the mandate. And I remember hearing after the fact that every single line was flooded. Parents were telling me I couldn't even, I couldn't even get through. I got busy signals. Yeah. And I was laughing. I said, well, who gets a busy signal in, in today's day and age, a voicemail? <laughs> but, but they did. And and I really believe, and a lot of people told me that's what made the difference, is if he did have any doubts, the voice of this state speaking so loudly to say, we want this. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just, I am a parent, but I am an uncle of, I am a cousin of, right. I am a friend of. I, I thought that was a very powerful message. And I feel like we take that for granted. You know, I feel like we look, I, I, like I, as I said at the top of the show, I look at you and say, oh, my God, how does she do this? For, I, I say forget the fact that you have a child on the spectrum. It's plain and simple. How do you do this? I, I'm in, I'm, I admire so much anyone who has the courage to, like, get this active in politics and really try and make a difference. And I think – not to minimize what you do, but it almost is like, I wonder, do, do I and do people like me almost have too much admiration and not enough acceptance of I, too, can make a difference and put in some time to support you and to support my neighbor and to support my cousin and so forth? Yeah, you're you're right on. I mean, you're right on because – I think that that is how we've gotten to the place that we are, and and especially in Georgia. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, people, they're not personally necessarily affected by politics. Mm -hmm. They just, you know, they get up and go to work, and as long as, you know, gas is not $5 a gallon, we're all happy. and, yeah. and we we really don't see this trickle-down effect until something happens, like our child gets diagnosed and we go to the, the doctor and then we call our insurance company and, oh, I'm sorry, you have no coverage because there's some uh, weird exclusion um, in your state-regulated plan for autism. Um, and, then, and then we're pissed off, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and we think, how did this happen? And then, you know, um, in Georgia, we we just have so many people that they don't have anyone run against them. They run mm. unopposed every year, which, you know, hey, if, if they're doing a great job, I guess we all say, well, great, they're doing a great job. Um, but that's why I think it's so important that uh, we do care about our neighbor and we do care about the things that go on because when an issue affects us, we we need to have we need to know who they are. We need yeah. to know who's donating to their campaigns. We need to know what's happening because they're making policies that, whether we like it or not, um, they do affect us in some way. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think that's the wake-up call for me. I think that that is what I've, I've learned and why I haven't quit, because I believe that somebody has got to be up here um, saying, raising their hand, saying, hey, I don't donate to your campaign. I don't take you out to dinner. But I have a child with autism, or I'm a teacher, or, or you know, I, I'm whoever I am, uh, and, and, and I care, you know. Mm-hmm. And even, even business owners in our state, you know, this NFIB, they're a national organization, okay, and, and, and they're opposing our bill. But really, I mean, they send out an email saying, oppose all mandates. So mm-hmm. but what I, I want to say is, if you're a business owner, do you really want to buy a plan that has no coverage? I mean, that's, that's the part where I think people got to get more involved because you, you, you really want someone who's advocating for your health insurance to actually have some coverage. You don't want the cheapest plan that doesn't get you anything. You want a reasonable plan that covers the most prevalent things that you can't control. Um, and and that's, gonna, that's where education comes in. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you also have a better employee. I mean, even if you're going to look at it from a selfish point of view, there's a lot that's of research right. and data to show that an employee who feels like their home life is, is taken care of is going to be a better employee and a more effective employee. So you are gaining, if, even if you are looking at this purely from a selfish point of view as dollars and cents business owner, um, there are a lot of soft savings and benefits associated with this. That, that's absolutely right. Absolutely. Well, you know, unfortunately, we're out of time. I, I, I love talking to you. This, I mean, I, I told you before we, we actually got in the air, like we got to cover some conversation and topics today that I've never gotten to cover on the show. And so I am so glad that we were able to have you as our guest. It is just, you know, it's just so interesting to hear different stories. I think we get so wrapped up into our own little worlds. Um, like yeah. you said, you know, I, I, I'm starting to realize more and more as I do this show, you, you and I are 3,000 miles away, but we are neighbors. And we have right. to be aware of what's happening with one another. That's right. That's right. I, I mean, this has been great. I've loved talking to you. And, Thank you. Um, yeah. Thank so, you for everything. Oh, thank you. I, I, before you go and before we go, um, if people want to, if they want to get involved, if they want to learn more about Ava's Law, where can they go? So the, the best thing is, is our Facebook page. Um, and that's you know, Facebook.com, uh, you know, and then forward slash Ava's Law. Um, okay. that, that is the best way. My email is, is on that page, um, which I'm, you know, uh, always, you know, uh, accepting emails and want to hear from people. Um, and, and, of course, Autism Speaks also has a Georgia advocacy page um, that uh, you can go to to sign up and get advocacy alerts. Um, and, and those are those are connected to the efforts and what we're doing. So um, all that is is very important, and I'm always uh, happy to have new advocates join our team. So good. 
Well, thank you again. I really enjoyed talking to you, and I'm hoping that you and I, you know, my hope is that we get to connect in uh, a few months down the road and, and you get to come back and tell us, hey, this cool <laughs> progress just happened, and we get to, to celebrate it and, and talk about it. So uh, thank you so much. I, I just I really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks, Rob. Anytime. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for being with us today. Um, I know today's conversation was just awesome and, and amazing for me. Um, I, we talked about some, you know, some sad realities of what's going on in Georgia, but I think all of us being aware of it um, from the perspective of how we can help, but also maybe some things that we can avoid within our community are, are equally important. And, you know, all of us being aware of what's going on in these other states is just so critical to what happens with us in, in our own cities and our own communities, but ultimately is going to drive what could be more federal and, and nationwide you know, regulations and, and, and policies that could go in place, especially now that you know, things with Medicaid are, are starting to come down um, from Washington, D.C., and, and Center of uh, Medicaid and Care Services are, are looking at these things. So I hope you guys have a great week. Hope you guys have a great weekend, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Take care, everybody. We hope you have enjoyed today's episode. For additional information and resources about autism, visit www.autismtherapies.com. Please join us each week for a new episode, or visit our archive to listen to and download previous shows.